here's an experiment for you. Take passionate experts in human resource technology. Invite cross-industry experts from inside and outside HR. Mix in what's happening in people analytics today. Give them the technology to connect. Hit record. Pour their discussions into a beaker. Mix thoroughly and voila. You get the HR Data Labs podcast, where we explore the impact of data and analytics to your business. We may get passionate and even irreverent, but count on each episode challenging and enhancing your understanding of the way people data can be used to solve real-world problems. Now, here's your host, David Turetsky. Hello and welcome to the HR Data Labs podcast. I'm your host, David Turetsky, and I have with me a very special guest, Heidi Wallman. Hello, Heidi. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Very good. Uh, for those of you who don't know Heidi, she's been with Canyon Ranch Human Resources for nearly 30 years with a laser focus on HR information systems. And I know, Heidi, you have a special passion around HRIS. What is it? I do. Um, I'm really passionate about HR analytics and being able to provide metrics to colleagues within our company. And a lot of that is thanks to you and your um, direction. Well, thank you very much. And, and you are also very passionate about something else, which is the Boston Red Sox. I am. Even though it wasn't a great year, I'm still a fan. <laughs> I think we all feel that way for our home teams. One thing that I know about Heidi that now you will know is that she dreams of building a tiny house somewhere and being able to continue to work remotely from the tiny house in various parts of the country. Heidi, that's so cool. I wish I had a tiny house too. Yeah, I think that would be a great way to uh, see the country and get your work done all at the same time. That's awesome. So our topic for today is going to be data, managing, measuring, and proving them wrong. It sounds awesome, Heidi. Thank you. Our first question, Heidi, is with over 1,400 employees across four properties around the world, how can you possibly keep all that data clean? Well, it's interesting because in your first podcast, you were talking about, you know, some different options and, and making sure data is kept up to date. One of the ways that we do this is allowing employee self-service. So while colleagues are in performing tasks, such as looking at their paychecks, looking at their benefits, making changes to their benefits, looking at their tax statements, they can also review their address, phone number, emergency contacts, and make their own changes. And they can do that via the mobile app or they can do it on their computer. So it really allows them to take some ownership. And by allowing self-service, we have a 94% utilization rate. And it also saves time from an HRIS point of view for data entry. Oh, that's phenomenal. I mean, 94% utilization is awesome. And for those people who, you know, struggle to get adoption on their HR processes and systems with their employees, is there any tip or is there anything special that you've done that you could provide as an example as to why people go in so much? 
Um, I think a large part of it is people like to look at their paychecks and the fact okay. that they can do that on their mobile app. I mean, people on their on their cell phones all the time. So right. um, it's an easy venue for them to go in while they're in there making paycheck, looking at their paycheck. They can right. also make changes. So it's worked very well for us. And you're also a very large distributed employer, and you have lots of people who are very independent as well. And so having them have the ability to, to do all of these activities on their mobile phone provides them with an opportunity to really take ownership of that data. Exactly. You know, and there's an approval process. So I was sort of lenient at first about Leary, I guess you would say, with right. people being able to make their own changes. But for the most part, they do a great job and it does come through as an approval. So you're not just opening up the door to have people make changes without having them be reviewed. And and we all know that especially when you have such a widespread population and you have so many employees in there looking at their data and changing their data, you probably do need an approval process. And that comes out of the, the need for making sure that people don't change names to be silly names or having access to to making changes to their address in ways in which would probably be not not useful. Do you have any good examples of where you've had to uh, deny a request for making a change? Actually, the only ones that I see um, and what I do is I approve them and then I go in and edit them or just the case sensitive issues, sure. you know, with a first name with a lower case. And other than that, it's worked very well. That's great. So you don't provide those cell phones for people. They're all using their own devices. So it's BYOD when it comes to being able to edit their data through subservice, correct? That is correct. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. So it's also a low cost option as well for the company. Exactly. And like I said, it saves time with, you know, our HRIS people can spend their time on, you know, some more important things versus changing names and addresses in, in the database. Absolutely. And that's great. It also gives them the opportunity to feel very comfortable that they know it's a one-stop shop for getting their pay stub, looking at their beneficiaries, changing their emergency contacts and all that. So there is some incentive for them to keep all that data in shape and they get to do that whenever there is a, a change, I would imagine. Exactly. You know, in the olden days, it was W-2 time. You know, apparel would send out a notice, hey, is your name correct? Is your address correct? And And now we do it you know, all the time. So it's great. And with all the other reporting requirements, like the 1095s, you probably would encourage not just for the W-2 time, but also to make sure their addresses are up to date so they get the right forms to be filed for their taxes. Exactly. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by Turetsky Consulting and listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. So Heidi, second question, which HR metrics did you find that actually drive business decisions? Well, it's interesting. One of my colleagues always says what gets measured gets managed. You know, if you don't know what your measurements are, you're not going to know where you stand or how you can make and track improvements. One of the analytics that we took a look at was our new higher turnover percentages. Ours was pretty high when we looked at it. So as a result of that, we decided to revamp our entire interviewing process, and we created a new program. It's actually called Talent Finders, where we incorporate peer interviewing, behavioral-based interviewing, 
And as a result of that, we made some pretty significant um, improvements in our new hire turnover. I think we're down to about 13% for our new hire turnover, just making that one change with interviewing. Well, that's amazing. And and what it did was you looked at the numbers, you saw that there were problems with a particular group, or in, a, and in this case, you were talking about new hires. And you said, well, that's a lot of money that transitions out the door if we hire somebody, and they don't stay on for at least that full year, we're not getting that ROI back on that person. And so you put in place things that were en- enabling you to make sure that you could save money on that person leaving, but also that you're finding the right fit for your organization, right? Exactly. And how did that change help the people, not only the managers, but the people around those people that were brought in? I mean, especially if they were getting the chance to interview them as part of the peer interviews. Exactly. Well, I think it made them feel part of the process. And, you know, they know the job better than than the manager. They're actually doing the job and doing the tasks. So it's nice to get them involved and give them a sense of having some kind of say in, in who their colleagues are. Yeah, that's great. And I would imagine that having all of those changes to the onboarding process made it better for that person coming on board, too. They They kind of got to know the people. They got to know the process a little more. And they felt more comfortable coming in the door. They probably knew a little bit more about the culture of Canyon Ranch. Exactly. Exactly correct. So one, that was a great example. Do you have any other good examples of other metrics that you have found had some resonance from your colleagues and from your clients inside Canyon Ranch? One of the ones we look at quite often is our turnover numbers, you know, and we try to provide data to our managers whether it be exit interview data or actual turnover percentages, just to try to drill down and figure out why people are leaving and try to make improvements there. It's been sort of difficult these days with with colleagues being furloughed and, sure. and all of that. The workforce is changing, but we're really trying to drill down and capture actual reasons and why people are leaving, get some better information. Yeah, I mean... If people have heard some of the earlier episodes, we've talked a lot about that, about being able to understand the process that's being used to collect the data and make sure that the process is serving the purposes of the analytics. So if you're talking about turnover reasons, if you haven't gone back to the collection point of the process and looked at your turnover reasons, then the results coming out of that are going to be poor. And you're not going to be able to make any headway understanding what's going on in your in turnover because the reasons aren't going to tell you why. That's right. And and that better context probably serves a lot of other purposes too. It also probably helps in other other cases like hiring and onboarding. If people are telling you why they're leaving, then you could make changes along the way to other processes too. That's right. So third question for you, Heidi, when you say proving them wrong, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, this is where the fun comes in. We have some really great real-time analytic tools with the system we're using now. It allows us to identify trends and, and help answer questions. And 
oftentimes we'll get managers who come to us with sort of generic statements like we're losing a lot of people to a competitor or people are, are leaving due to a rate of pay. And oftentimes once we drill down into the data and provide them with actual detailed data, we can prove them wrong. So it's having up-to-date, accurate data in the system, which allows us to produce analytics, analyze the data, and really provide answers. And oftentimes, it's not really what they come in, the statement they're coming in. We can prove them wrong by the data. That's great. I, I imagine that you've become kind of a consultant to them as well when you're able to give them back answers that may not be exactly what they've asked for, right? Correct. Yes. Can you give me any, any examples of the kind of pushback and, and the way in which some managers may react to you? I think really once they see the data, it's just interesting because oftentimes their perception is definitely not the same as what the data is proving. So it's just, it's sort of fun to prove them wrong and provide them with the data. And, and of course they accept it. We have, we have the data to prove them wrong, but it's just interesting to, it's interesting that their perception oftentimes is not reality. And and because you have the data and you have some other evidence as well, you you're, have the ability to actually show them where these things are. It also provides them with an opportunity to understand what kind of questions or what kind of uh, other metrics you might have so that the next time they come to you, maybe they'll ask better questions or maybe they'll ask you, instead of trying to solve a problem, to be able to help you understand what the problem is from the root cause, from the business problem side. That's right. And I think it helps that, you know, with the data we have, we can actually drill down to the job title level and provide them with with some great information that they may not have even thought of. That's awesome. So in summary, Heidi, we've talked about three things. First of all, we talked about employees really owning their data, and that really frees up HRIT to allow themselves to do other things like become consultants to their their colleagues and to their clients. And by also having the employee have access to their data, they have really a one-stop shop where they can see things about things like their W-2 or their dependents. And it doesn't have to come to the end of year for them to audit their own data. The second thing we talked about was you can't make improvements if you don't know your numbers. So really understanding your data, understanding the metrics, and then being able to help make improvements in how people do their work. And the third is Never assume, always allow your data to provide the facts and to support your position so that you can really prove them wrong. And so any other things that you wanted to bring up from those three topics, Heidi? I mean, I was thinking about a quote that you used not too long ago, and the use of HR data needs to be thought of with kind of the art, not a science. We need to think of it as a way of being able to drive insight out of HR processes. So it's great to you know, have a system that's maintained and up to date, but using that data to, you know, provide managers and the property with insights and how to better manage their people sure. is, is huge. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. That's great. And thank you for using the quote. You're welcome. 
<laughs> so thank you so much, Heidi. You've been wonderful to have as a guest. Hopefully you can come back and speak more at some other point. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you joining yet another HR Data Labs podcast. If you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. And please provide us with your feedback on TuretskyConsulting.com slash podcast. Thank you very much. Take care and stay safe. That was HR Data Labs. Please visit TuretskyConsulting.com forward slash podcast to review the show add comments about this episode, or add new ideas about upcoming shows you'd like to hear. Feel free to be creative, but please be nice. Thank you for joining us this week on the HR Data Labs podcast, and stay tuned for our next episode. Stay safe.